I'm well, Lewis. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm especially well today because we are joined by a special guest. Hi, Egon. How are you doing? Hey, pleasure to talk to you guys. It's yeah, you to too. You here. Definitely. Um, Gan is uh, the co-creator of an amazing podcast called uh, The Space Time Diaries. And I'm right in saying it's a it's an anthology series. So the first season is called the the disappearing. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's um, you know, I when I was making it, I I wasn't thinking podcast. I was just thinking like an audio drama or, or cinema, or, you know. And and but it just didn't seem right to post it on like say Spotify as like a music album because if you listen to one episode. Uh, you know, in a playlist for, you know, like, I just didn't think that the Spotify robots, you know, that churn songs would, <laughs> you know, know what to do with it. So, it, you know, it's a podcast and uh, I'm I'm seeing more um, of these sort of narrative uh, single, you know, like, anth- it's like a, a, a set of um, like a mini series almost. Um, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. like of narrative musical, I've seen some musical narrative stuff too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, we we absolutely adore anything even vaguely related to audio drama. Um, myself, especially, I, I always bring it up on the podcast and mention, "Oh yeah, there's this obscure new podcast I'm listening to. What do you think?" And Dan mm-hmm. always says, "Sorry, what podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a couple of questions for you, if that's all right. Oh yeah, for sure. Awesome, uh, Danny. You want to get started? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, for those that uh, that don't know what the Space Time Diaries are, could you l- explain the premise yeah, and the sort of nature sure. of the, the story? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, so Space Time Diaries. It, it is the name of the podcast series, and it's loosely a collection of stories that are science fiction in nature and musical in nature. Um, and I and as the idea has been sort of developing, I think I want it all to be um, stories from a single fictional timeline. And uh, the first season is called The Disappearing. And that's a story about uh, a woman from our time. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. She works in, you know, Silicon Valley tech as some faceless engineering peon and um yeah you know there's a there's a wild pandemic happening you know roughly around the time of today uh it's a it people are just disappearing you know they're just blipping out of existence their clothes fall limp to the ground you know and it's this sudden very scary thing and you know epidemiologists have figured out that it's it looks like it's contagious because it's sort of like spreading like a contagious thing so they don't know what to make of it. Um, it happens to the main character, and she's transported uh, into the distant future uh, onto a distant planet. And the sort of setting, you know, the, the, the backdrop of the story is the long arc of humanity is a series of close calls with peril or, or, or demise, you know? Like, yeah. um, we barely escape climate change and the climate apocalypse. You know, we kind of wreck Earth, but we, we barely escape to two other planets that we had discovered at that point. You know, a few hundred years down the road, we discover a couple planets that look like they would work for habitation. Um, and then we figure out a way of, tra- you know, traveling to them using uh, a manipulation of the space-time fields, uh, basically gravity manipulation to be able to move, you know, at near speed of light or maybe even faster than the speed of light. 
Um, yeah. Uh, so, so that's like, those are the things that happened to, that led to this planet being colonized by humans. And then, you know, as the story, prog- you know, progresses, uh, you learn that um, there's a clash of cultures happening on this planet. And in fact, those two planets that we colonized, uh, one of those planets, you know, whoopsie, we, you know, wrecked the ecology there too. And so they had to escape <laughs> from that uh, planet. And so there's only one planet that humanity is left on, and, and that's this planet called Ankara. And the the colonists who had originally got there first it, after, during the Earth collapse, they met a super intelligent fungus that lives on the planet. Um, it's a sort of like super conscious pan consciousness. It's sort of, uh, it connects all living things on the planet and sort of maintains an equilibrium status. And when the human, when humans showed up, they quickly had to reckon with this, you know, species and, um, learn to live symbiotically with it. Um, and they had to, you know, humans had to give up part of their agency or their, you know, their sort of, um, right to do whatever they pleased they had to give some of that up for the sake of maintaining the equilibrium so um you know it's kind of you know the story is kind of about um the question of whether humans are fated to just consume destroy manipulate for their own means you know like is that sort of like is that like hardwired in and is it something that we could ever overcome you know is is the idea of just like being satisfied with just enough is that in our is that in our DNA at all? Um, wow, that that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> world building Actually, is every a... single thing you said. I was like, it ticks another box. <laughs> as, I, <laughs> as I go down my list, it's like, okay, the story has ecological themes. There's a sentient fungus. There's yeah, a fungus <laughs> <laughs> going down the list, like yes, yeah, yeah man, yeah. it's sci-fi. <laughs> you might as well, you know, go big. Um, and oh, yeah. and uh, another thing that I I discuss in the one of the themes is um sort of deep fakes and you know how can we govern ourselves if we can't trust what we see and hear one of the things that happens in in the story is that on ankara it's the distant future it's a clash of two cultures the culture that sort of let's say the hippie culture that sort of like learned to live with the fungus was there already and then a new culture which is kind of like you know silicon valley culture um they wrecked their other planet and now they're coming here to colonize this planet and with them they brought all their new technology and uh one of the things they do is they can deep fake things in real life you know that you can see and touch and feel and, and and it it's just it's it's a it's a it's a hologram, but it's a very realistic hologram. Um, and sort of like the entire world is like one of the Star Trek holodecks. <laughs> yeah. And so you really, you really don't know for sure, um, you know, what, what it, what something is or something isn't. Um, but in the same way that, you know, audio and video deep fakes, pho- photograph deep fakes are, you know, around. It's, it's, it's com- you know, we can create them with what we have on our computers right now. You know, yeah. like the technology. Yet, yeah. what we see and we hear, we don't question. You know, every time we see or hear something online, you know, it's it, we just assume, 
And unless someone was to tell us it's a deep fake, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I see that now, you know, but... Yeah. So that's... I don't think so that's... That's another tick on the list, is like, is technology... Will it will technology defeat us? <laughs> right. So just keeping ticking on these things on the list, I'm, <laughs> I'm really here for it. <laughs> yeah, so great. So I think, yeah, I think anyone, uh, you know, who sort of, you know, had their eyes and ears open last year and saw, you know, in, in, on the West Coast where I live... Uh, we saw some pretty gnarly wildfires, and um, in America, yeah. you know, the political thing was pretty bananas last year. And I apologize yeah. for you know the 300 million people who live here. Uh, on behalf of them, to anyone who lives outside of the country and the annoying amount of coverage it, you may or may not have received about that <laughs> terrible year of politics. Um, but you know, I live in Portland, Oregon, and we have a an interesting sort of political dynamic in the the city itself is incredibly progressive and liberal and sort of on the left and then the country the the rural area outside becomes very quickly uh conservative and pretty white nationalist and Oregon has some history uh of being a, a sort of like not allowing people who weren't white to move to the to the state and those Jesus laws are Christ. you know less than 100 years old i think they were taken off the books in like 1930 or something like that me. yes it's, it's it's crazy to look at as you as you describe about sort of urban density being more left-leaning in politics that was the amazing thing i think that i noticed during as, as you say the 2020 election was the, the bits of the u.s map that were blue and the bits that were red it was basically contra like the oh, yeah. denser a population center is, the more likely it is to, to turn blue, as it were. Uh, during yeah. 2020, there were things that were happening uh, in Portland. Like there was a big truck rally that went down, that paraded down Grand Avenue, which is through the middle of the city. And yeah. I got caught in it. And it was, it was you know, it was a demonstration of intimidation of the people of the country. You know, the, the Trump supporters from the countryside coming into liberal Portland and sort of making a big stink. Um, and the day after I wrote that into the podcast, I wrote that into episode three. Wow. Uh, yeah. So in episode three, Karima is traveling, you know, she like leaves the village and she's like, okay, screw this. I just want to get home. And as she's going through the village, she sees this big truck rally come by and they're chanting and they have signs and they pull over and they, they, they stop to harass an elderly, uh, uncarrant couple, people of the hippie culture. Um, and you know, it was it was a way to process what I saw. And, you know, in the moment, in that week, I was like, what, where the, you know, I just recently moved to Portland from New York city. And I was like, yeah. where the fuck am I? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, is this like, am I, you know, and being a Brown person, I was just like, is this, should I be worried? You know, and, and being able to put it into the podcast and uh, put it into the story and kind of create sort of like a caricature of it. It just was a way of, uh, it was just really fun and satisfying to do that you know to kind of have the last laugh or something uh definitely yeah, yeah. um i mean that is uh, you, you spoke there about about sort of what what drove you to write sort of certain events into the podcast mm, what yeah. about sort of right back at the start when you first came up with the idea what sort of motivated you to get started and oh. did you always want it to be like a sort of a collaborative process or was it or was it ever just a oh you sure type yeah well it's it's really funny i didn't have like a, a really strong vision it started at the beginning of the pandemic in march and yeah. i i started by uh telling myself okay this is a great opportunity to really hone my skills as a musician and as a producer and a songwriter so all you have to do is 
is produce a song once a week and upload it to your SoundCloud. And it doesn't have to be good, but you just have to do something to get over your self-censorship. And so, you know, I, I was yeah, before this, I was I, I would like remix things or sort of hobby poke around music production. Um, and uh, week by week, as the pandemic progressed and as the pandemic got longer, I, you know, every week I would I would maintain this practice about June, May or June, I, I started, and it was really just an organic thing where it's the things I would upload was just get more narrative. It started with just like a minute of a narration before jumping into a cover of a Billie Holiday song. And then, sure. and then it eventually got to uh, this, uh, this story, this four-part story. Um, and it just became a four-part story because I decided to make a sequel for the next three weeks. And so then at the end, it was this four part story um, called Cordyceps. And it was about a mushroom that it was only this mushroom um, is a pandemic. It, this mushroom has evolved from, you know, targeting ants. Right. Yeah. yeah it's the way it makes ants jump off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was like, what if that, what if that happened, you know, just evolved to attack humans. And so, so Cordyceps is this four-part thing that I, and again, it was just not intentional at all. It was just like, oh, I guess I just made this thing. Um, and I shared it with uh, some friends and they were like, oh, this is cool. You should, you know, like develop this kind of concept. It's kind of like a musical, but it's just, it's kind of like a rock opera, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I, I was working a contract that ended in August and I was kicking around an idea where there are these two women who are uh, partnered and uh, in their dreams, they see this fictional world uh, and then she disappears, one disappears mysteriously and the other one continues to see the fictional world, but she sees her partner in it. And it turns out that she had sort of been like transported to this other dimension. And that was, that was kind of like where I started, the idea started for the disappearing. Sure. But as I was developing it and when I lost the contract, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a couple months off work and just live really cheaply. You know, all I was spending on was groceries anyway. So, um, uh, and, and really kind of make this big. And I eventually started researching eight sequence structures and three act plays and how to, how to oh, craft nice. the story, you know, so that the story was compelling. Mm -hmm. I felt Cordyceps was interesting, but I just felt it wasn't a very good, you know, it wasn't an exciting story. It was just like things that happened in a row, you know, because of the way I created it. Um, so, uh, so then I, you know, would research stories and I was, as I would talk to friends about it, um, you know, my friends in New York or, or in LA and they were like, oh, cool. Can I play a character? And so it just snowballed into this massive production that, you know, took three and a half months um, and coordinated 14 uh, people, uh, you know, there. I had people uh, contribute music, you know, like a, a bass, a bass track or a drum track. Um, I had people, you know, contribute their dialogue parts. I had friends sing in it, um, and it was, you know, it was. I have, I have a whole Google Drive, you know, folder. It's like folders upon folders and like files and documents and spreadsheets and stuff just to track, you know, putting it together. Um, and then I had, That's incredible. yeah. And at the end of it, uh, in December, I had my friend in LA, I, I hired him to, to mix and master it. Cause, uh, it's just, it's, I, it's really, uh, a game changer to have a professional 
mix something like that. You know, because you know, you listen to yeah. any moment of that podcast, there could be narration, dialogue, music, sound. There's just so much going on. You know that I didn't want somebody listening on their phone or something to, um, you know, be like, I can't hear what's good. You know, it's just it's just like a cacophony. Um, so so. Sure. Uh, so yeah, that's the story of its production, um, and I, I really didn't expect uh, to to make it into like a multi-season thing. But you know, in December when I was sitting on, you know, like the mixing and mastering phase, I thought to myself, like, boy, this could be this could be bigger. This could you know, I could make this into like a multi-season thing. And now I'm thinking it's yep. it's beyond podcasts. You know, I'm thinking of making like. A, a season of space-time diaries or you know a story one of the one of the stories live as a tiktok miniseries and um oh, you know wow. you'd, you'd visit the page or maybe you come across one of the episodes and then you eventually get to just the set of like eight or ten um tiktoks and they they sort of do you remember r kelly's trapped in the closet um i know r, I, I, I know r kelly yeah. is, is a little bit of a problematic figure to talk about but um uh, Trapped in the Closet was this, uh, it was a series of music videos that all, to- that were just like episodic in nature about him at his like lover's house and he has to like hide in a closet and he tries to sneak away and it's, you know, it's like each, each, uh, each episode of the, this music video series like ends in a cliffhanger and, you know, just kind of runs mm-hmm. together. It, something like that, you know, on TikTok is the latest idea. Um and that's a really good I, idea. I will i think do another podcast season i think this this podcast will continue you know like continue to live and i, I th- the next thing i want to do is a series of meditations so imagine you're it's a guided meditation and you are the you know the meditation puts you in the body of one of the alien creatures on this fictional planet of ankara and you you know you're moving around and it's sort of like you know like you see this over here. It's just like this little sort of like guided story of you embodying the living on this alien planet. Um, so that's, I think I'm going to do that uh, in the next couple months. And then, a, and then a big story like the disappearing next year. Um, and it'll be a prequel. It'll be sort of the story of the oh. villain. It'll be like the villain's um, origin story. Um, the villain, the villain is the CEO of the corporation of the colonizing, the new colonizing uh, culture. That is, that sounds like I'm already excited for that. Sort of science fiction is like, you know, it. So you always sort of get different ideas from like different sort of science fiction sure. that's came before. What specific pieces of sci-fi that did you draw inspiration from, if any? Yeah, um, it was less... Uh, uh, drawing from sci-fi, although I feel like I feel like sci-fi is like the default. Like when even like ten or fifteen years ago, sci-fi was this like niche genre of film, but it seems to be the yeah. default now. Like it, almost the way hip hop became pop music, like sci-fi. There's there's maybe it's just the like my Netflix recommendation feed, but like all it seems like there's so much sci-fi now. You know, there's like. Um, uh, like Black Mirror as a as like a as like a show kind of opened up and popularized this sort of like near future sci-fi, um, you know like yeah. um, Deus. Do you guys see Deus? 
or devs, I guess. Um, it was this uh, series. No. Uh, um, I think I heard about it. I'm not sure if I actually saw it. Oh, it's it fabulous. Um, there's uh, Raised by yeah. Wolves, which I think uh, is on HBO. There's there's just gobs and gobs of, uh, you know, sci-fi. There's like, you know, even things like Tenet, you know, is, I would put into sort of like a sci-fi kind of genre. Yeah. But um, what I was drawing a lot of inspiration from was like um, like old mythologies and like Tolkien. Um, oh. Maybe Star oh. like Star Wars to a certain degree because Star Wars fits that sort of like hero's journey, sort of like, you know, Joseph Campbell sort of like model of, you know, you have the hero and, the, and they're thrown into this, you know, sort of... Uh, other world and uh, yeah you know by the skin of their teeth they overcome and grow personally and develop you know transform it's almost it's almost like a mythology for like america specifically Hmm. you know it's very flashy very sort of you know big and yeah but it still has that sort of classic sort of fable themed throughout it you know yeah 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 i think i think i wanted it to feel very like vibrant and um colorful it's it's interesting you say American. I guess that's true. Um, uh, yeah, because to- Tolkien's like like I think I think I read somewhere that Tolkien's aim for like creating sort of Middle Earth was like everywhere else had this fantastical sort of mm-hmm. mythology, and England sort of didn't, mm. and he wanted to sort of try and do something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I I would say that uh, George Lucas did for America what uh, Tolkien did for England. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Just, just how ubiquitous, like every single American knows about Darth Vader. It, like it doesn't matter, you know, if you've seen the movies <laughs> or not. Like everyone knows the freaking story, um, and it just—it's just the longer it lives, the bigger it gets. You know, like there's now the Mandalorian, and there's just they just keep like growing and developing this universe. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think maybe in like an indirect uh, way, it's influenced by that. Um, certainly in like how Star Wars is like, just like you say, like very vibrant and loud and colorful and, and, um, and sort of like big in a very American way. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. It's, um, we've been doing a lot of talking about Star Wars recently. Um, we just recently watched all three trilogies sort of quite. Oh, wow. (laughs) What what did you think? What were the big takeaways? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it sort of became a bit like a, a fever dream of, of <laughs> lots of bright colours and, and screaming after a, after a few um, But I think there is an argument to be made, uh, sort of similar to what you're saying, that Star Wars, because it's so different to what we see around us, Star Wars is essentially a fantasy story. The fact that it happens in space mm-hmm. with spaceships is kind yeah. of irrelevant. If you replace space with some made-up place and you replace the spaceships with dragons it would work as a fantasy Absolutely. story that fits in the yeah, stereotype. It's, it's more of a space adventure than it is a science fiction story. Yeah and, and it doesn't so much draw from like sort of events that was sort of current at the time or any of the right, stuff. Right, right. You were saying that a lot of a lot of your work on, on Space Time Diaries is informed yeah, I think by that is, current events and stuff that like is that. a difference I think that when I was making the, the story I I really wanted the science fiction part to be to be functional, you know, like I I wanted I wanted yeah. the science to feel like plausible, you know, like 
manipulating gravity fields to get it. So, so there are two bis, bits of science fiction in the disappearing. One is that they they um, equip nanobots with the ability to to manipulate space time. So, you know, provided the assumption that we have the ability to, to manipulate space time with like gravity pumps or some kind of like gravity manipulation. Um, and we already have nanobots. If we put the two together, these nanobots could be self self replicating. And then now you have a contagion. Now you have some, you know, like a virus that can, that can manipulate space time. And so, so that's what creates yeah. the, the, yeah. um, the sort of initial sort of, uh, the disappearing part of the disappearing, and then the second, the, and, and make... yeah, and then the second bit of science fiction was the um, the deep faking in in like in in like re, in the real world, you know, um, and that's and that yeah. I think is just is not a big leap of imagination at all. We have you know we have holographic technology and we have deep fake technology in video, so you know, I, I'm sure in the next hundred years there might be something like yeah. that going on. Um, yeah, if those definitely. three things all exist near each other for long mm -hmm. enough, you'll, you'll sort of get there eventually. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I, I understand what you're saying about trying to make the science real. It's um, sort of the, the skill of a lot of the best science fiction is that like, like in Jurassic Park, at no point do you question... Um, oh, how did they make these dinosaurs? Right. Because they explain it with some obscure science moments. Yeah, but just you know, just yeah, sounds, just enough. That sounds true enough. Yeah, yep. just enough to like, <laughs> like okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, so, uh, obviously, we, we've established that the um, Space Time Diaries sort of revolves around the story of this pandemic that's, that's occurring. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, I, I don't know if you'll have, you'll have noticed this, but we are in a pandemic in real life. Yeah, <laughs> um, indeed, yeah. How, would, yeah, how many of the sort of real-life things would you say carry sort of a very direct correlation from sort of real life to... The, the stories that take place in space time right Paris. well um definitely the um the like the truck scene like i mentioned the sort of political stuff is yeah directly yeah. pulled from the, how we're grappling with post-truth and you know like the two cultures on the planet live in complete like they have two completely different truths there's this um event yeah. that happens that i allude to in the story called drone hollow it's a it's an incident where and I don't ever really explain what happens. I just kind of like hint at the way the two sides are seeing the same thing. Um, the way that the, uh, you know, the culture, the, the Silicon Valley culture sees it, it was a terrorist attack by the hippie culture on a mining uh, operation sort of on the outskirts of, you know, sort of the colony. And the way the, sure. the hippies see it is that they were just, peacefully demonstrating and then a, you know there was a deep fake you know it, it, there, suddenly there was these these images appearing of them doing these things but they didn't do them at all so so uh so yeah it's uh, that's again sort of the political implications um and our self-governance impl implications if we can't really trust what we see and hear you know um so so that was there was a lot that was like directly pulled from the um, the politics of the year. I, sure. I only the, the pandemic part of it, it was only a sort of a, a jumping off point to get to this, to this planet. Um, like the planet itself in the future doesn't have a pandemic. 
Um, but certainly the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, the first episode of the disappearing, you, you're every, you know, she's quarantined, she's having a Zoom call with her therapist, you know, she's, you know, working from the couch and eating from the couch and, you know, just kind of, uh, that's, that's the jumping off point. That's our sort of uh, shared familiar world, you know, unfortunately, that we can yeah. sort of uh, connect with before going on this crazy adventure. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have one last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, were, what was your favorite song in The Disappearing oh, and Why? Oh, sure. Um, okay, well, I'll tell you my least favorite song was the song I sang. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I haven't been the best singer, and it's something I'm actually trying to get better at. But, um, you know, I challenged myself, okay, I'm going to sing a song, and it's going to be the first song. And uh, it's, it's funny... It's a funny thing the way, you know, some of these accidental uh, decisions I made where like, you know, the first episode is what everyone's going to hear first. And it's this, it has me singing on it. If, if I spent any more time thinking about it, I would have had the best singer sing the first episode song, you know, and sort of set it up so that the first episode is, is you know, really hooks people. Um, I think it does a pretty good job yeah. as it is. But um, my favorite song, I think, is, the, is song five, the, the, the song in episode five. It has uh, a dear friend of mine that I've known since middle school. Like we've known each other like twenty plus years. Um, he's a he's a great singer and musician in New York. He sings on it. Um, I have my friend uh, play sitar on it. Um, I turned it into a music video. So if you uh, if you search on YouTube for Space Time Diaries, you can find the music video for it. Yeah. Um, Oh wow! Yeah, I, I sort of stumbled across that after I, I learned we were doing an interview with you, and I sort of stumbled across it. Yeah, know? so you know, it's uh, it's it's a song. The episode is uh, you follow the uh, the adventure party kind of traveling through this hyper futuristic uh, colony by the Silicon Valley culture, um, and uh, they're just observing sort of all the fantastical things in this world. But it's being the song is be, the song is being sung by one of the members of the hippie culture. So they, so they are, sort of overwhelmed with wonder at the things that are possible in in this colony, but they also are aware of the dangers, uh, of a lifestyle, where you do sort of, you know, have this unmitigated sort of uh, chase for creature comfort you know, for the sake of um, uh, the ecology that, you know, you live in. Um, so I, I think this, yeah, I think the song is probably the best uh, written and executed. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, they, it, it, the whole podcast sounds utterly stupendous. I, I've only listened to a few bits and bobs here and there since I learned we were, we were doing this interview. But now, literally everything you've said has made me more and more inclined. Oh yeah, good. Like it's um my my podcast player has got this sort of play later thing, and all the episodes are queued up, and now I need to shuffle them all up to the top <laughs> because they it, this literally it sounds so up my. Oh street. please do it's yeah this, um, yeah you know like yeah every single one of these um every single sort of thing you keep mentioning I keep thinking if there was a like a Star Trek episode about that oh I would love that <laughs> and you've put all of these oh, things great. together in this this wonderful um this wonderful this wonderful piece I'm I'm really cool excited. yeah you know. I I hope people listen to it like they would watch a movie. You know, like I feel like the way I yeah. consume podcasts is I have it on while I'm while I'm cooking or cleaning the kitchen or you know working or something. Yeah. But I, I I really kind of uh, hope that 
you know, people, because there's a lot, there's, it's like, it's very sonically immersive and, you know, it's, it's, it's been mixed very well by a professional. So, you know, you're in good hands uh, to put it on nice speakers and sort of give it your undivided attention. I, I kind of, I worked really hard so that it didn't feel, didn't sag at any point. So the pacing, you know, yeah. kind of, it, there was enough sort of activity and action and, and sort of suspense to kind of keep you going. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I'd I mean, love I'd love for you to hear the whole thing and and uh, I'd love to hear. I what you uh, think. I have I have listened to it and it's like it you you have a very unique way of like being able to get the world building in without it like coming across as yeah ancient in ancient times blah blah you know yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the songs really help with that you yeah, know yeah yeah it, it sort of conveys the emotions that both these are cultures i feel it's really it's really well done oh thank you um, yeah i i was really deliberate you know like the show don't tell i hate there's in so much lazy especially in science fiction so much lazy writing there's like a scene in the first 10 minutes where it's just somebody explaining everything and it's just like oh come on like yeah. you can do that <laughs> yeah even worse is when it when a sci-fi is something uh, sort of opens and there's literally a wall of yeah <laughs> that speaking of star wars you, going, oh my god yeah um well, this has been an absolutely brilliant interview, but I think we're just about hitting the end of our time now. Um, but thank you very much for coming to speak with us, Garn. It's been absolutely an utter pleasure speaking oh, with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's been so great uh, chatting with you two. And uh, thanks for inviting me to the Discord. I'll, I'll keep poking around here. Definitely. Fantastic. Yeah, we... Um, it's half a dozen of us being a bit confusing and weird, but you're more than welcome to pop you. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, thank you. Where, uh, where, where can people find uh, Space Time Diaries before we yeah, go? Yeah, you can search Space Time Diaries uh, in Spotify or Google or uh, Apple Podcasts or just on, you know, in Google. Um, I have a website, spacetimediaries.com. Um, the podcast is streaming all over, you know, everywhere podcasts are and... Uh, yeah. Check out that YouTube Definitely. also, that, that music video. It's it's a great sort of like, I, I created it so that people would get excited to sit down for 75 minutes and, and listen to something. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, well, thank you very much for joining us, Garn. Um, we're going to wrap up now and just say thank you very much for chatting with us and thank you very much to anybody that's been listening um, to our to our podcast. It's it's always a pleasure to speak with uh, such skilled content creators as yourself. Oh, thank you. It's so, been, um, it's been a great pleasure. Thank us. you so much. Thank you. All right, cheers.